Happy New Year from the big kids. That's right. Thanks for tuning in to the Big Kid Show, the notorious B to the I to the G Kid Show. Welcome to 2024. Another Sunday, another fun day, another Big Kid Show. Last week, on our final episode of 2023, we were talking about planning out this whole year. What do we give up? What are our goals? What are our aspirations? This week, we look back on yesteryear. That's right. We are going to take a little bit of time here with your friends, Sweetwater Mark and Mr. B, and talk about some of our favorite things from the past. We are going to celebrate some anniversaries here on the Big Kids Show this week. And what would those anniversaries be? Well, things that have entertained us over the years. And that is from the world of movies, music, and video games. And so we are looking for a big anniversary of one of our favorite movies, one of our favorite albums, and one of our favorite video games of all time. And of course, joining me here in the sandbox as usual, we got Sweetwater Mark, Mr. B. Happy New Year to both of you fellas. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, fella. Very glad to be ringing in the new year with both of you. Ding, ding, ding. Ding, ding, ding. Let's get things started. Mark, we have you first out the gate And we are going to talk with you. We want to know, hit us with a wonderful anniversary. Let's have a little anniversary party for one of your favorite movies. So we're going to kick it way back. And it feels a little horrible to say this is way back. But we're going to go all the way back to 1994. 1994. We're kicking it 30 years in the past, boys. Oh, 30 years. That kind of hurts to say out loud. Um, and was it a year for movies? Let me let me just say that. Um, I know you guys are probably going to roll your eyes. I'm just going to get my honorable mentions out of the way with it. And you're going to figure out which one is the one that I'm going with. <laughs> you the, bastard. 1994 head, Pulp Fiction, Shawshank Redemption, Forrest Gump, Clerk, Speed, Dumb and Dumber, just to name a few. It was an absolute showstopper year for movies and out of that list which was really tough to decide from i had to go with dumb and dumber <laughs> yes probably that's my dog one of the greatest movies of all time oh geez look at the butt on that yeah he must work out i like so especially like pulp fiction shawshank redemption was actually like that was right at Forrest Gump. There's so many good ones. It's like, how do I even decide? How do I make my mind up? But I could put on Dumb and Dumber right now and <laughs> laugh my ass off. And I've seen it probably hundreds of times now at this point. Hundreds of times. Like, I could probably recite the majority of the movie. And I would still laugh my ass off. So that's what I'm rolling with, boys. Dumb and Dumber. Pull over! It's a cardigan, but thanks for asking. <laughs> Killer booth, man. Oh, dude, thank you for picking that bar. Oh, a little fast oh, back there, huh? <laughs> you have made my day. You have made my 2024 already. Yes. yes. Thank you. I might have to actually watch that here just to kick 2024 off in proper vein. And very crazy that you said 30 years ago, Dumb and Dumber was released. 30 years ago. Happy wow. anniversary to Dumb and Dumber, right? We're little 30 year anniversary for the Ooh, Dumb and Dumber crew. That's a major one too, right? 30 years. That's, that's Question, like a little five question, did, year anniversary. Did either one of you guys watch it in the theater when it came out? I did. So the first time I saw it was in the theater. And I remember because isn't the, the, the first scene is the limo and he pops, he, the window rolls down yeah. and he pops his head off. <laughs> I'm like, excuse me. <laughs> excuse me. Oh, dude. Just like, yeah, I need to go rewatch that movie. So damn funny. So damn funny. I love it. I'm convinced that I saw it in the theater, but unfortunately, it's been so long ago. <laughs> Nick's mind's a little foggy. As we've discussed a few times before, there's a. Uh, 
a few years in my early 20s that I was not accounted for, <laughs> that I cannot account Nick for. Nick was so MIA for from 20 little, to 22. Uh, you know? It's a little hazy. So I'm guessing that I did see it in the movie theater, but the uh, fantastic movie, of course. And of course, one that we've addressed many a time on this mm-hmm. show. And I like to sit here and pretend that if we were all together, Big Kids Show crew with all of our staff, our, our our big building that we've compiled and filled up all the office rooms with here at the Big Kid uh, Corporation and all of the people at the Dumber and Dumber Corporation. We get together. We have a 30-year anniversary party. I like to think that those boys are walking in in those fancy suits that they wore for the movies, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you would think so. I mean, oh. please, please tell me that's happening. <laughs> so many classic lines, like so many one-liners from that movie. And I remember as a kid, I was a huge hockey fan. And the fact that Cam Neely from the Boston Bruins was exactly. in the diner and cornered him in the, <laughs> cornered him in the bathroom. <laughs> like, oh, dude. Is that guy over there is uh <laughs> Oh, oh quick, throw some salt over your right shoulder. I mean, yeah, just too many iconic scenes. Beautiful. Well, and it's like I I looked because that was one of the ones I was thinking of. And like it got like terrible reviews when it came out. Yeah. No one liked it. And I was like, you guys are idiots. That they movie are. is that movie is an American gem. American classic. Yeah. Absolutely. hundred <laughs> percent. Lloyd Christmas and Harry Dunn. You know, uh, I do believe. Didn't Lauren Holly, who played Mary Swanson, didn't she and uh, Jim Carrey end up in a long-term relationship? Yeah, were married for a little while. They were married yeah. for a while. Yeah. yeah. So you're telling yeah, me this? Married 1991, divorced 1993. Wait. What's, hey, Nick, what's all that one in a no, million no, no, that's, talk? <laughs> my, my, my bad. Married to Jim Carrey in 96, divorced in 97. So it didn't last there very long. Swimmy, swimmy, Samsonite. Samsonite. Says it right on the bag. (laughs) What if they shot you in the face? We could just literally probably have an episode (laughs) and just like reenact Dumb and Dumber. And Mark, how many times do you and I just say random quotes from that to each other? Just. It's probably my my most quoted movie ever. Like, just you know, traded this back in town for the <laughs> for the hog, <laughs> dude. There's just there's so many oh so many good moments. Beautiful pick, God. Thirty it. years. That's crazy. All right, I love it. Seventeen million dollar budget, two hundred and forty seven million at the box office, hey, and it sounds like all three big kids contributed to that. Yeah, total right. box office. That's right. And the great Todd the God Rundgren did the Todd music for uh, for that fantastic. I like movie. good old Todd Rundgren. Yeah. And uh, shout out to the parakeet that lost its life during oh, the filming. Yeah. Uh, R.I.P. Pretty That's bird. Right. Pretty right. bird. <laughs> Billy. Oh, billion three C. All right. Cheers to you, Mark. Cheers to Dumb and Dumber. Fantastic pick. 30-year anniversary. It's hard to believe that it's been that long. Feels like maybe 20 years at best, right? Yeah. Worst case. Mr. B, let's celebrate an anniversary, my friend. Hit us with a movie. Celebrate. This movie was, we're celebrating its 40th year anniversary. And you know what? There's no pain in this dojo. Oh, going with yes. Karate Kid. Karate Kid. Yes. Oh my God! As a kid, I was absolutely in love with this movie when it came out. Love I was it. I was kicking shit all over the place in my house. <laughs> I don't know how. I mean, I, my brother was like one. I think I was kicking him. So sweep the leg. You have a problem with that? No sense. <laughs> but karate That's what happened. Yeah, Karate Kid just was it for me. Um, so yeah, so it, actually, it wouldn't be till June of this year that we'll be celebrating its 40th okay. year anniversary. Gosh. But I mean, Karate Kid is just the jam, buddy. It's just yeah. Karate Kid, man. Again, just like total classic. How many and times? I, how many times have you crane kicked somebody? Dude, I literally just made a Mr. Miyagi joke with my neighbors two day two days ago. They were dropping something off. We made a, you know, the wax on, wax off. Dude, that movie and the fact that they came back out with a series for Cobra Kai, which is actually really excellent, is a testament 
to the staying power of one Ralph Macchio and right? Karate Kid. Well, and I didn't know this till recently. So the music for Karate Kid was done by Bill Conti, who did some of the Rocky. Yes, movies. he did. Really? Yep. So good old hey, it's all, Conti. Like it's all tied it. together, baby. It's all tied like together. And this is another one, like if you think about, so in 84, a budget of $8 million, which in 84, that was a, That's a ton of money. Change. And it, it actually only did $130 million in the in the uh, box office. But yeah. I mean, just cult classic, like you said, and then the Cobra Kai series that came out afterwards. And yep. I just, I love Karate Kid. So beautiful. It, it's It's great because this is one of the few movies that is both instant classic and cult classic all at the same time. Like it, 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 this movie, it may have faded away very briefly, but it made a huge resurgence. And I'm so glad that you picked this movie. This was, well, I don't want to give too much away here, but, but without getting ahead of myself. Keep in your pants, Big Nick. Yeah. This, this is one of just a handful of movies, sports movies, that still to this day, I will leap off of the couch at some point during the movie. Like, yes. I, I've seen this movie a hundred times, and I have the same reaction that I did in 1984. I lose my mind for about three seconds and I will leap <laughs> off of the couch and nine times out of 10, it's the crane kick part. Like I, yeah. the build up to that crane kick, I know what the hell is going to happen. I know what's going to happen. And every time it's like, I'm seeing it and experiencing it, witnessing <laughs> it for the very first time. It's a, Oh my God. It's, it's one of the movies of my childhood. It truly is. It's a, it's a fantastic movie. I do. We should probably spotlight something that is that has gone overlooked now for 40 years. Please tell. As much as we all loved Mr. Miyagi, at the end of the day, he was beating up kids. <laughs> it's kind of, it is the truth. He was beating up true. children. They kind of deserved it, though. Yeah, they did kind of. They kind of deserved it. And uh, let's point out something else, too, that Elizabeth Shue was actually yes. 21 years of age in that movie. So she would have been playing, I'm guessing, what, like a 17-year-old senior in but high school? That's yeah. always the thing is like when you look at act actresses and actors back then, like I'm playing a 14-year-old, and you're like, you're, you're 27, man. Yeah. <laughs> Ralph Macchio was 23. Yeah, and he was playing a 16-year-old or whatever. They pulled it off well. You That's right, because it was his 16th birthday. Yeah, because Miyagi they were, gives him a car. Yep. Nailed it. Mm, yep. So for 40 years on this earth, Karate Kid. Hey, watch it. And you know what? Let's let's try to make that a Christmas movie somehow. Yes. I don't know. I don't know how you do that, but we'll work that in. <laughs> Hang some Christmas ornaments around your tree while you're watching it. <laughs> it makes it feel Christmas. Crane, crane kick your Christmas tree. <laughs> don't do that, kids. You know the sensei's still alive. Is he really? Yeah, me, Mr. Pat Miyagi's Mar still kicking it, huh? No, Pat Morita's gone. R.I.P. Pat Morita. But yeah, he uh, he passed away in two thousand five. Yeah, Martin Cove, uh, who played the Cobra Kai sensei, sensei he is still he's still yeah, around he, and he's still bullying people. To he's in the day. new series. He's yeah, in the new, he's Cobra in the new Kai series. series. So, yeah, he's still a bad guy. So, <laughs> Fantastic big Mister. Thanks, B. buddy. And here, look, this is what I, why I was saying not going to give too much away here. I'm going to fast forward to a 10-year anniversary for a movie that like it. has the same effect. I still will leap off of my couch watching this movie, and I can say with 100% confidence that this movie is 10 years old, and I've watched it every bit of 10 times, if not handful more and unfortunately my movie was not nearly as successful as the two movies that both of you gentlemen picked but also That's it's okay. much more recent so it has time to still make some more money uh but not at the box office so the, the budget for my film was 25 million it only earned 29 and a half million at the box Ooh. office and Wah, wah, wah. Yeah, I'm going to go with Draft Day starring Kevin Costner. I love this movie. And here's the thing. Don't anybody stone me here and say, oh, it's your Cleveland Browns Homer. Homer pick. It, 
Kevin Costner could have been the GM for the Miami Dolphins, for the Raiders, for the Commanders, for a good number of teams out there. And I still would have loved the movie equally. Yeah. Uh, I love the three of us share many, many commonalities and things that, that we love and that we appreciate. One of those things is the behind the scenes stuff of the NFL. And I know, yes, this is a fictional story, but this was one of the rare movies that actually the NFL allowed them to use the team names. And, you know, anytime they started talking about a specific team, they would do kind of that drone overview flight of the facilities of that organization and then swoop in. And then you would go inside the office and they're talking about, Bo Callahan. Everybody was trying to get Bo Callahan, the quarterback in this NFL draft. And at the beginning of the movie, the owner of the Browns tells Kevin Costner, who's the general manager, you are going to make a big splash in tonight's draft. And he, he, he handcuffed him and forced him to make a big splash and a big splash. He did my friends. You get Bo. Come on, Tom, say it with me, you pancake-eating motherfucker. (laughs) All right, shit. Deal. Great. You're welcome. Can you imagine if that draft would have played out in real life for any (laughs) team? The the level of excitement, like, the the NFL draft would become the number one viewed program of of almost the year, uh, other than the Super Bowl, because if, if they played out like that. I love the movie. I am a big... I go way back with Kevin Costner. He's easy to like. Uh, great actor. I love this movie. I love the behind the scenes stuff. And the the other thing too, like a big one, big thing that I do every year is I have two two other buddies that we do an NFL draft party every year. It's just a three person party, and we get we get out of we lay out a huge spread. We got all kinds of cocktails and drinks. You would think that there's 20 people at this party. This party is three three people, people, the same three people that it's been for the last 12, 15 years. We get together on that Thursday night. We start eating and drinking about 5 PM and we stop about two in the morning and (laughs) we do it every year. None of us go to work the next day. It's, it's just, it's on the calendar set and etched in stone every year. And so this, I watch draft day every year leading up to my draft party that I go to. It's just just a part of my life. And I love this movie. 10 years old, so not a big one. But, you know, fast forward to 10, 20 years from now when we're still doing the big kid show, we can look back and go, well, can't believe draft day is 30 years old and Kevin Costner's still rocking and alive. Uh, But, uh, yeah, One so of my I, favorite sports movies. I literally just watched that movie for the first time, like maybe two years ago. Mm. And dude, excellent movie. It was one of those, like, it was kind of a, how did I not see this earlier? Exactly. But, uh, but no, great choice, Nick. Highly, highly approved. Love that, that pick. Big Nick. And I actually read a uh, article about one of the, it was, I think it was a former GM that said that movie is actually one of the most realistic depictions of what it's actually like behind the scenes for the draft of any other movie that's out there. See, and I, w- I was always curious about that because, you know, obviously they dramatize it, but no, I think there's a lot of quick calls and like, you want to do a trade and like they're moving and stuff. So that's interesting to hear that you read the article about that. I love that, man. Yeah, yeah definitely pretty cool. Well, in several of the scenes, they show the war room and then you see where the GMs are kind of always trying to out shift and outsmart each other. Uh, I, I don't know. I just love the behind the scenes stuff of the NFL and think about it today. We are privy and we, we get so much more behind the scenes stuff of the NFL than we did five, 10 years exactly. ago when this movie came out. And, it, and it's hard for a lot of people to believe that back in the day, we didn't even have hard knocks, the TV show, hard knocks. Mm-hmm, yeah. So I've always, as a youngster, always wanted more and more and more of the behind the scenes of the NFL. And while this is a fictional story, just being able to use all the logos, all the names, and in in a lot of cases, some of the actual facilities uh, was I thought was really cool. And and the people that they cast, they looked the role of NFL player. They looked the role yep. of collegiate player going to the next level. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was just really well done, really cool. So 
good first round of picks here, boys. We're going to go to Muzak and talk about <laughs> uh, some of our favorite albums and celebrate some of our celebrate an anniversary of some of our favorite albums through the years. Mark, we'll kick it to you, man. No oh, pressure, boys. Mark. No pressure. Let's get in our time machine. The easy thing is we're going back to the same year, 1994. It's <laughs> my glory year. Again, like so many good albums came out. And I, I, I just keep saying this because I feel like maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm just getting old. Maybe I'm get off my lawn. But I don't feel like every year has this just like influx of an insane amount of quality. Agreed. Like it used to. I mean, l- listen to this list. You've got Dookie, Green Day, Ready to Die, Notorious B.I.G., Jar of Flies, Alice in Chains, Evil Empire, Rage Against the Machine, Purple Stone Temple Pilots, Ill Communication, Beastie Boys, Super Unknown, Soundgarden. Like those are like massive, massive albums that all came out in 1994. So somehow I had to pick and choose and find my way through it. Um, So I tried to do this whole exercise as not what does current me pick as my selection, but what would 13 year old Mark select in 1994? Oh, little young Mark. He was still right. very fresh, impressionable, fresh very to the world. He, he was wide eyed and ready to just live life and had no idea what he was getting himself into. <laughs> and for that reason, I was just starting to get my teeth wet on the rock scene. And, um, a lot of MTV watching as a kid where they actually played music videos, you know, back in that, those days. Those I don't even remember the times. That was, that was a good day back then. And I think one of the, the biggest songs that stuck out to me was Black Hole Sun, Won't You Come? Yeah. yeah. Down Garden Super Unknown is my choice here, boys. And it was not easy. Like I said, I mean, I just rattled off a couple super heavy hitters. But that Soundgarden CD is easily a put on the first song, hit play, and just sit back and relax. No bad no bad songs on that album. Agreed. Because it's a cassette, right? You had a cassette tape. So it wasn't like you even had the skip option on a CD at that point, I don't think. So you're literally, you need something. You can just press play, let it roll. Just let it roll. So Super Unknown was that for me. Um, obviously, Black Hole Sun was a massive hit, but there's just a ton of good songs on that album. Well, and it's, um, it, the funny is, like Black Hole Sun was like my least favorite song on that album, right? But I, I mean, think maybe it was because they played it so much. But, like I loved all of the songs on that album. That album is like just it's perfect. Hit play, walk away. It's going to be good. Yeah, I mean, like my wave fell on Black Days. Super unknown. The the lead track. Yep. Spoon Man. Like he freaking kids. Today I tried to live. Kickstand. There's just so many, so many cuts on that, and it's seventy minutes long. Fourth of July is on there too, isn't it? Uh, yes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, there's like 17 tracks, 15 tracks, 16 a, with the bonus one that they came out. What a out, great so. album. Yeah. Yeah. Just again, quality. And for me, fresh eyed, just starting to kind of get into the rock stuff. It was like the perfect shoehorn right into that world. And it was just such a creative album as well. Um, you know, a lot of creativity. Um, so yeah, that's what I'm rolling with boys. I love it, Mark. That's one of my. I, lo- I, I love your love. reaction to my choice. <laughs> that was fantastic. We, we had fireworks and thumb work and yeah. thumbs up all over the place. I love that Amazing. album. I love that year in music. Uh, Ready to Die, Notorious B.I.G. Mm-hmm. was a f- was what a great album that was. And it's, and the the cover was genius. It just shows this little baby. It's like like it, take a second. And step back and just ponder that whole picture with the words ready to die underneath of it. It's weird, yeah. Uh, yeah. but but also very brilliant at the same time. But uh, no, that was a great year for music, not just rock and roll or hard rock, but but all genres of music. And and it's it's an easy segue to uh, to I'm gonna I'm gonna leapfrog you here, B. God um, damn it! I didn't pick super unknown. But 1994 might be my second. I think we've discussed this at length already on the show. 1994 is second only to 1991 
in album releases for me. <laughs> and so I went with a 1994 album and it was Weezer, the blue album. Yes. yes. Nailed it, buddy. And that, uh, that whole album is perfect. It's so perfect. And when it came out, look, I understand that they had an album before that. I, I think it was called like Kitchen Tape or something like that. It, I was, didn't like, ha- it was like that was like their demo, right? Yeah, I didn't yeah. have that. I don't even know if I would have been able to buy it. I didn't know who they were. But for the same reasons that Mark just mentioned, it was the MTV. We all watched it in 94. That's where we got most of our jams from. That's what influenced what we were going to listen to when we weren't eyeballs in front of the TV. And I fell in love with a couple of the Weezer videos. They were easy to fall in love with. The Undone, the sweater song, Buddy Holly. There was high production value on a lot of their videos for being a brand new band. Mm -hmm. Say It Ain't So was always kind of like a garage band favorite, right? Like every every one of us dorks that was trying to start up our own garage (laughs) band. Wasn't that the song that like when Say It Ain't So came out, you're like, Yes, this is what you can do with rock and roll. This is what four nerdy looking dudes can do with rock and roll. And that's who Weezer were, was at the time anyway. And in fact, some people labeled them as geek rock back then. And, and they kind of, they really leaned into that whole persona and because it kind of set them aside from everybody else in, in, in small ways. And it also went a whole, went a long way into the grunge genre as well and they were kind of the cleaner the guy they they were the guys in grunge that looked like they actually took showers uh (laughs) some mornings not every morning but some they they went they went to class and didn't do drugs back then i had a paper route and you talk about cassette tapes mark i was in this was we all go through transition periods in our lives (laughs) this was a huge transition period in the big nick luck transitioning from cassette tape to CD. And while I was I was I was in this weird funk for about 2 or 3 years where I was buying some cassettes and buying some CDs. And I don't I don't know what was the deciding factor, but this one was a cassette for me for Big Nick and I'm really glad that it was because I had my paper route and I had my Walkman, my old school Walkman and this cassette was in riding shotgun with big nick as i'm tossing papers onto the front doorsteps of all the good people of central ohio back in the day and i i that that tape inside of that cassette must have been stretched so thin by the time i was done with that paper route because i listened to this thing nonstop on my paper route and it was it was the perfect album to get you up and get you moving in the morning and have have a good kind of uh, a good vibe about it to put you in a good mood. Oh yeah, uh, to, to set the day. And the, you know, we didn't even mention some of the the songs that are of the lesser known songs in the garage. Love that fantastic- song. Yeah, uh, Surf Wax America. Um, no one else. My name is Jonas. So many great songs on there. I love that album. I still love it to this day. And I'm so glad that Mark and I both picked a, an album from 1994. Sorry to leapfrog you there, Mister B. I know you. I know you hate me. I'll let you. I'll let you. I'll. I'll hit stop and let you call me names for 35 <laughs> seconds, and then we'll we'll resume today's episode. No need. Love you, buddy. Because guess what? My album is also from 1994. Yo, it, the trifecta. Where it would be a 30 year anniversary, and I'm surprised you guys didn't even mention this one because. When this came out, I was just shocked. I was like, a rock band can do this? And, and that would be Nirvana, MTV um, Unplugged. Unplugged. Oh, yes. yeah. Yes. I did. Yeah, it was on my list. And, Fantastic. And, and when it came out, I was like, whoa. Because that was like, if you think about it, it was one of the first times a rock band did an acoustic album. And so, like, my mind was like, what? And Big Nick will know this. This goes back to like when we were riding bikes, we used to listen to this, some of the songs from this album in the local Taco Bell. Yep. Because they had like, they had a lake on fire and like two other songs or something. And so we would go to the Taco Bell, each get like one taco because we had no money. And then we would pump in a bunch of quarters and just play this. <laughs> Back then, we could play we could play a song for a quarter on the box. Yeah, and if you had a dollar, you could get five songs yeah. for one dollar. But we rarely had a dollar because we That's spent it, we, we spent it on football cards or something. Tacos stupid. were thirty nine cents for yeah. for hard shell, forty nine cents for soft shell. 
We'd usually and, get a Mountain Dew and one or two tacos. And we'd, ha- we'd share the same cup because we're like, we can't afford multiple <laughs> sodas. What are you guys talking about? But this album, this is another one that just hit play. Every song is great on this yeah. album. And I, I just, it, it did something to me when I, because again, I loved Nirvana as a kid. And then they did this acoustic. I'm like, what is this? Like, you can't, you can't just play acoustic guitars. And it just yeah. it changed my whole outlook on music. And I love it. So, again, 30 years old. Actually, it'll be 30 years old in uh, in November. So, they actually recorded it in November of 93 and released it in November 94. Dude, but, that, such, such hits on that, man. And the fact that there was video that you could go eventually look up and watch that matched along was kind of like an Easter egg down the road. Yeah, see, like when we were kids – we didn't have that option. We didn't see yeah. any of that. We I didn't see it on MTV Live, you know, when it happened. Yeah. But yeah, now that you can see the DVD and you can see the outtakes, like where, mm-hmm. you know, in between songs and Kurt Cobain, like my one thought was how awesome would it have been to have a ticket to that show? Yeah. Dude, I mean, cause, that cause might th- be the show of the the best show of the last 40 years. Yeah. I mean. Like, I mean, it was a very small crowd. If God, if anyone's listening that had a ticket to that, please message us because. I am jealous. I mean, just to be in that audience and see that happen, you probably didn't even know that you were just seeing the coolest thing happen ever because you were like, oh, Nirvana is going to play acoustic. This is going to be crap. And it was awesome. Just pure magic. I love this album. I still listen to it to this day. Mm. Love it. Yeah. I I was trying to figure out how many people would have been in attendance for that because, as you said, it was a small venue uh, it looks like it was a, a Sony Studios that it was recorded at in New York City. Um, For some the, reason, I thought album. it was like I thought it was like a couple hundred people is what I thought. But yeah, I, it, it, the way that appeared in the videos and on the actual program MTV Unplugged, it appeared to be two hundred people, maybe. Wow, three. would you They're, say like that's my guess? Yeah, and it's what, hard. what was really cool was like. You know, Kurt Cobain was was an iconic rock and roll figure just after a couple short years into his mainstream music career. And what I thought was so fascinating about this album was it gave us like a glimpse, like you rarely got any kind of glimpse into his personal life other than maybe something might pop up on the news, but it's not him telling us about himself. It's not him talking about his life to us. The man still, for most parts, remains a huge mystery, I think, to a lot of people. And I thought that this album was so much fun for fans of his and fans of the band to see what music inspired him and what artist he was into because you had songs that they covered by David Bowie, the Vaselines, the Meat Puppets. And so it was really cool to see what is this guy who's going to go down as a rock legend? What is what makes him tick? What yeah. gets him up and going every day? What what inspires him to to write great music? It was so personal and just like especially like if you watch some of the DVDs now, like the in between stuff, it was really personal and just Nick, you nailed it, buddy. So, God, thirty years ago that album came out and still Hard love it to this day. Hard to believe. Shout out to the meat puppets. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> Mark, we are back to you, and we're going to kick off our third and final round of anniversary celebrations. Anniversary. Uh, and you know what? We've already had the viewing pleasure of great movies. We've already rocked our socks off. I've checked your feet, B's feet, my feet. There are, There's not a single sock on no. a foot in the house here today. Uh, but you know what? Now it's time for a little competition, right? Let's let's have a little have a little fun on the old video games. Get the thumbs going, right? Let's see if we can play till our thumbs go numb, right? Uh, how about a little anniversary party for one of your favorite video games, Mark? Kick us off. I like it. Well, I I'm going to keep that time machine set to the same dial. We're going right back to 1994 <laughs> for a third time. We're triple dipping. 
Sweetwater like peaked in 94. Yeah, I feel like some consistency was uh, was key for me here because otherwise I could have gone off the deep end with anniversaries. So I tried to keep it. I was like, all right, I'm going to focus on a year. So 1994 is where I had my, my focus. Um, again, another great year. You had Killer Instinct. You had Street Fighter 2, Mortal Kombat 2, NBA Jam, bunch of good, good ones. It's a little tricky with a few of them because like NBA Jam and Street Fighter 2, it technically came out before 1994, but then they came out with like additions that came out in 1994. So yeah, I kind of some of them came out like on arcade first, yeah. and then then they were released to like home consoles. So or- I kind of disqualified them for that purpose because I've, I kind of felt like that's cheating a little bit. So the one that I went with was an absolute quarter monster that ate more of my money than I'd <laughs> like to admit when I went to the arcade. And it came to the arcade in 1994. I don't know if you guys remember, but you walked in, you saw almost like a giant booth and there was a steering wheel. There was a gear shift and you saw a beautiful mountainous range road with a stock car being driven on it. And it was Daytona USA. Yes. Nailed it. Daytona USA made by Sega was released in March of 1994. It was inspired obviously by NASCAR, um, but it it only had a couple courses. Like there was only like three courses. I think it wasn't like a a ton of different stuff. Um, It eventually made its way to consoles and all that, but dude, just such a fun game. And if you, if you play the really high tech version, it, the the seat that you sat in actually moved and rotated. So like if you took a turn with a bank, the whole seat would kind of shift to the left or shift to the right. As a kid, you're just like, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. And the closest you could get to driving at 13 years old, unless you had parents that either were really cool or just didn't love you. So, <laughs> Ouch. But uh, yeah. But no, Daytona USA, uh, it, once I got rid of a couple of the other ones, that probably would have made some challenge. Mortal Kombat 2 was definitely really far up there. Killer Instinct, another one that was really, really close for me. But I got to go to Daytona USA. The whole experience of being able to drive and then the, the car actually moving while you're driving, it just all added up to me spending a bunch of money. And that's exactly <laughs> what happened. Which has led to you becoming the... Greatest and scariest driver known to man. That's right. Yeah, that's true. It started back in Daytona, USA. So uh, if you need to blame anybody, (laughs) Sega, Sega, you're the one to blame. (laughs) Love that pick, buddy. Fantastic pick. And was it too difficult for us to believe, B, that he was going to pick a racing game? No, we knew he was picking a racing game. (laughs) I figured, uh, my guess was, because I always like to, when we go into this, we never know each other's picks, right? And that's the funnest part of it for for myself, and I'm sure probably the more fun part for you guys as well. But I always like to try to pick, you know, in advance what I think that I'll predict your guys' picks. Right. Because we've known each other for so long that, that sometimes I get it right. Sometimes I get it close with Mark. I figured I've really figured Sweetwater would go a lot of 94. I felt confident about that. And for video games, I thought, OK, it's either going to be racing or hockey, something with racing or something <laughs> with hockey. But, you know, good to hear that you picked picked the racing game. That's a fantastic one. Happy to be celebrating the 30th anniversary for that one with you B yes. let's celebrate an anniversary here together buddy we I will. just I just dumped a little something in the punch bowl by the way mm. tastes weird <laughs> all right so this is a game that me and my buddies we played basically all through high school and even into college and uh this was a game we played on PlayStation it was NBA Live 95 Ooh, yeah, dude, yes. And, and it came what, out the fall of '94, I believe, right? Yeah, no. So it came out. Yes, it came out '94, but it was NBA Live '95, yep. correct? So we're on its 30th year anniversary. But this was one that, for whatever reason, it just stuck with us. And we like, if you guys remember, the PlayStation would register stats, like for yep. the player, not just for the game. So like, yeah. like 
I can rattle off all the players that like, my buddy Fish, my buddy Shekels, my buddy Gamble, Ruther, Jansen, uh, my brother Drew. We would all play this game and you would put your name in there and it would keep your stats on like wins, losses, points scored, all this yep. stuff. And we got, we played this thing till it broke, basically. So that was the one that had like the three quarters view. Right yes. of like it, the, it, it was kind of like a side angle. Dude, what a good game, man! I spent so many freaking hours on that game. When Mark, you remember when I lived in Clifton and we first met? I remember you coming over and you probably jumped into. I was like, dude, you want to get it on this because we played oh, this yeah. game like crazy. Oh yeah, for sure. And and we would do random pick of teams, <laughs> yep. and then you just have to go at it for you know eight minutes and absolutely game over. But just it, it was it was a lot of good memories for me because we would bond around playing that game and we just you know again i'm not even a huge nba fan but i love playing that game with my buddies and my friends and it just i feel like i feel like they could make some money if they did some like not even remasters because i wouldn't even really want them to like upgrade the game but just give you an option to go back and buy a few of the classic versions or bundle together Mm -hmm. some of the classic versions because like I don't know. I just, I, I feel like, especially like with my kids, like it's my son's five. He, he can't really play like the new NBA games or, I mean, they're a little above his level, but I feel like with those games, man, it's, it's a beautiful like entry level into yep. those games. Yeah. And then they're just, then they're just addictive after that. Like they're just so fun. Yeah, yeah. no, you nailed it, buddy. I mean, it was the play. I think it was PlayStation one. It had four buttons. I don't even think that the PlayStation then had even the, controllers on the top i don't remember yep. but yep. Um, just so much fun and again god i can't believe that was 30 years old but i i literally remember playing that all the way from high school into college and then obviously <laughs> after college we all had to get jobs that's crazy <laughs> but just god we played that thing for for forever i mean just it was non-stop playing at our house so NBA Live 95. I love it, man. Shout it's out to the crew that choice. plays it. You know who you are. You guys are part of the you team. You know who you are? Beautiful. NBA Live 95 coming out in, Feb- in the fall of 94, 30th anniversary. B, you hit on something here that it, that is true for me as well, and I know this because we were hanging out a lot in the 90s. Yes, not big NBA fans keeping keeping in touch and checking in with the NBA so much these days. But in the 90s, you and I were way into the NBA. Yes, exactly. In the 90s, it was my favorite sport to watch. It was the one that I that I watched the most. I kept an eye on closely. I knew all the players. Uh, last week, we were talking about collecting sports cards. I had a ton of NBA cards. I loved the players of the 90s, and that's why – I went with my pick. Mark call, might call me a cheater here, but I'm going to go with the uh, 1994 NBA Jam Tournament Edition. Yes. Hey, nothing, uh, there's nothing wrong with that, honestly. Oh, God, that game was awesome. And here, here is the, the real reason why I love this NBA Jam Tournament Edition so much. It had – I was such a players guy. I, d- I wasn't really super locked into one team that I loved so much back in the 90s. I loved all I loved so many of the players. And the tournament edition, what was different than from the 94 tournament edition compared to the NBA the original NBA Jam that came out on the console ports in 93 is this expanded the rosters. So NBA Jam is essentially a 2 on 2 version of a, of a hyper a, a hyper intense game of two on two NBA style and the 94 tournament edition each team consisted of three players you would choose two players from the three man roster for each yep. team and that was what I thought was so cool because I remember on the 93 version like going through and I'm like I think they should have gone with this guy rather than this guy. You were limited to the two. Mm-hmm. You couldn't choose. And so when 94 came out, you had the three. You pick your two favorite from there, and and then you compete. And I, I loved having that option. There were so many. It was so cool to just go two on two as well. And the, the, it, the game was 
not realistic at all. Uh, <laughs> no, no, could, no. You could You're throw on each other down. You could body slam each other. You could you you would be hitting threes from half court. You could dunk like nobody. I mean, everybody was Michael Jordan when it came to dunking in this game. Yeah. Uh, and but you know, f- Mr. B just said it. There were so many phrases that came out of NBA Jam. He's heating up that people still use to this day. What? What's the? He's rules? on fire. Yeah. What's the rules of heating up? Heating up is you've made like three shots in a row. You hit that fourth shot, you're on fire, baby. Yep. You are on fire. Uh, boom shakalaka was another one that you would hear on some of the big dunks. Uh, so I loved. NBA jam and not just that like the main reason why I loved it so much was this was a wonderful game to play one-on-one with your buddy just just you could play this for days and if you're getting beat if you're getting beat by some kid on the block you just switch to a different team and then you start you start jack you know you start winning and then he's got to switch teams and next thing you know you've played with four or five different teams and as you boys both pointed out Quarters were hard to come by when you were a kid. You know, I'd go to the arcade and really all I was doing at the arcade back then was playing, but also scouting out and going, I hope they make that into a console game that I can talk my parents into buying me for a birthday or for Christmas, because (laughs) I would love to just play that for an entire weekend and not have to spend 20 billion quarters to play. Uh, And this game, I fell in love with it at the arcade. And then I loved when they went to the three man roster and uh, I think maybe maybe enough said here, but uh, I think so. To me, Big Nick, I mean, the, the quality of players they had. I remember playing it and thinking at that time, I don't know if they'll ever be able to put this on a console because it looked so good in the arcade, right? I mean, where technology was from a console perspective, it was we weren't there yet. But just listen to some of these names: Tim Hardaway, Chris Mullen, Chris Weber. Dominique Wilkins, Charles Barkley, Clyde Drexler. Um, you've got Sean Kemp, Gary Payton. You've got Dikembe Matumbo, who I always loved. Hakeem Olajuwon. You had Christian Leitner. You had uh, David Robinson, Carl Malone, and John Stockton. That was a dangerous combo that you could yep. put together. My favorite team that I played with was Larry Johnson and Alonzo Mourning. So those are two of my favorite guys. You had Scottie Pippen. And I think... You couldn't, they didn't do Jordan, which was like the thing that I think everybody was always a little disappointed because I think he had some contractual. Yeah. Well, that, it's funny because so with NBA Live 95, that was when it first started. Like Charles Barkley was not on that game. Yeah. Because, and I think it started that whole thing of, no, you can't use my name. And Michael Jordan then did that for that game. Yep. Yep. Um, they had BJ Armstrong, Tony Kukoc, and Horace Grant were the other options. That they had because yeah, I think the the original one was Scottie Pippen, Horace Grant. Yep, if I remember correctly, Shaquille O'Neal was on the arcade version, but not the the console version yep. for '94 uh, mm-hmm. NBA Jam. Yep, yep, yeah. I mean, just so many good Patrick Ewing, John Starks. I mean, it's, it just the list goes on, man. I think that's what made it so fun. It wasn't like there was like a couple teams that were good. It's like you could pick 10, 15 teams that. Put a pretty good. You take the two top players, and uh, you're gonna put a pretty good, put a pretty good squad out there. So, I dig a big Nick. No shade for me, man. I, I'm happy that you picked it and that it made the list because it definitely was my number two choice. So, what well, and big Nick? The last time you and I went to one of those eight uh, bit arcades, uh, obviously they had that there, and I I spent most of my time playing NBA Jam. So, <laughs> the other thing too is. You could, there were, remember there were codes and you could unlock like big heads and, uh, yeah. And I think Bill Clinton, the president was somebody that you could (laughs) play and, uh, and some of the mascots, I think you could play as some of the the NBA mascots, but, um, this is a little known fact that I did not know. And this is really weird considering that one of the persons mentioned here was not in the game. You already talked about, uh, Michael Jordan, but. From what I'm reading right here, it says a limited edition version of the game with an additional team composed of Gary Payton and Michael Jordan was developed primarily for Jordan and Payton's personal use. What? So even though Michael Jordan, you couldn't be him on the game, they made a special version that had him on the game 
to give to him so he could play just if he for won. Michael Jordan and Gary Payton. So I I guess uh, we got to get a hold of that version. Yep. Oh, that's got to be worth if it if it's still if it still works. That's yeah. got to be worth. A, what's that got to be worth? There's two of them in the world. If that's true. Oh, we we got to get one then. Ooh, we're on a new quest. We found yes. a new quest. <laughs> but yeah, and I I think I misspoke earlier. I think once you hit the third shot, you were on fire. But uh, that was that was a big deal. And I, remember, we would say that playing playing in the uh, driveways and in the pickup Nick's games. Nick's on fire. Well, you never heard Nick's on fire because I never made three <laughs> in a row. I, I would get two in a row frequently, but fall apart getting that third one. But uh, I was I was constantly heating up. <laughs> and then up. and then cooling down and then he gets shoved and then <laughs> he's heating up he's cooling down <laughs> all right guys i loved having these anniversary parties with you here today hit us up on twitter x on instagram at the big kids show you can follow me at tcg nic let us know some of your favorites of yesteryear and we will certainly talk about them on the next on one of the upcoming episodes of the big kids show we want to hear topic ideas and you know tell us how much you love us or grievances <laughs> we, we we know that several of the listeners are constructing a list of grievances the against airing of grievances against all of us and we 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 are working hard to bring you the airing of grievances at some time in the near future thanks again for joining us for another sunday fun day and until next week we are the big kids <laughs> <laughs>